Let's come on back in. If you have your Bibles, we're going to get back into Jude. I'm processing whether or not I follow my gut with the Lord or I go back to my notes. So there's a verse in there's a verse in Malachi chapter three that has been in my heart for a couple weeks and generally Malachi is a chapter that only gets taught in churches from the perspective of the tithe and the offering. That's not what's in my heart. The tithe is an act of obedience between the people of God and their God. What's in my heart is in verse 16 where it says, then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other and the Lord listened to what they said. And in his presence a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and loved to think about him. They will be my people, says the Lord. And on the day I act, they'll be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient and dutiful child. And then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Let's read it again. Malachi 3, verse 16. And then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and loved to think about him. They will be my people, says the Lord Almighty. On the day when I act, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient and dutiful child. Then you will see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Anybody else feel the weight of that passage? We're in a season, we're in a day, we're in a time where there's a restoration of the fear of the Lord being put before the church. And I don't mean rhetorically the fear of the Lord. I mean the honest place where the people of God come back to a love affair with their king so much so they begin to adjust every pattern of their life that stands in opposition to him. Pastor Dustin taught last week about slander. I didn't teach about this in the first gathering, but I couldn't shake it during worship. The people of God spoke and the Lord listened. My heart's not to be brooding or overly authoritative. It's just to say, church, what we say is actually being recorded in heaven. That there is to be a holiness on our speech, a fearfulness on our communication that we understand that we are a people who carry his presence. We carry his image. 
And we've been entrusted with the responsibility to reflect him with what we say, with the attitudes of the heart that we carry. Roy Hicks Jr. was the head of the Church of God for a long time. And he used to say this. He was Christ for the nations. He would come and visit. And he would say, you know, it doesn't embed in our heart until it comes out of our mouth. I worked for a pastor, and one of my favorite quotes that Kent Hummel spoke to me was, just because you thought it doesn't mean you had to say it. I can't, you can't imagine why he would say that to me. Thanks, love. I'm calling for a repentance over our speech. I'm calling for us to come back into alignment where the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart are pleasing to him. Why? Because of this the spoken destiny of God over this house is to be a place that carries his glory. And blessing and cursing don't come out of the same vessel. We do have to make an active choice. To the measure that I want to carry and conduit the word of the Lord, I have to be willing to govern the word of my nature. You know how you can subscribe to channels on YouTube and stuff? You gotta decide which channel you're gonna subscribe to. Am I, gonna, am I going to, and I'm talking not just about in church, I'm talking about every moment of every day. Husbands, wives, how do you speak to each other? Be, please understand, you are the people of God and he's listening. Are you building each other up and encouraging each other in your most holy faith? Or are you tearing down and criticizing and uprooting? Which partnership have you chosen? Because you can't jump in and out. The more you choose to lean in to the Spirit of God, the more the wisdom of heaven begins to be released to you. You begin to grow in your understanding of his voice. You begin to grow in your ability to discern what he's saying. But until there's the government and the discipline that says the mouth gate will be surrendered to you, you will not see the transformation of heart. The heart cry of heaven is that the city we live in would know the voice of the Lord in the marketplace. The cashiers at King Supers would know the voice of the Lord through the people of God. That the kindness, the gentleness, that ability for them, when you walk up and you know the word in right season and you can whisper it because the authority of heaven is on your mouth. Isaiah sees God and has a breakdown. His first response is, oh God have mercy, there's been stuff coming out of this mouth that does not align with you. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell amongst an unclean people. Put a fire to my mouth. Govern me, O oh God. Church, that has to be the heart cry. 
You you must understand the prophetic grace of heaven is in you because you're in his image. It's not that you learn to step into the prophetic. You are prophetic by nature. What you say matters. And blessing and cursing can't come out of the same mouth. What is the written scroll of our communication? What has he been writing that we've been saying? Maybe if you're like me, your first prayer is, man, Lord, can you grab that big heavenly eraser and let's go to work? We don't do well in our culture when we talk about repentance. But church repentance is a very, very important idea in the kingdom. It means to be convicted by the Spirit of God. And there's a reverence for the Holy Spirit here this morning. And this is, here's the thing. When you make room for the Holy Spirit, I'm standing in the corner over there and this verse is in my mind. I'm like, Lord, it scares me so much to leave my notes. He's like, I just need you to trust me. I'm like, okay. Why? Because we made room for the Holy Spirit. We made reverence for the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit steps in and says, we have to talk. Slander, as we looked at last week, is a partnership with hell. It is to speak against, it is to belittle. We looked at this definition harshly, lightly, profanely about God or about others. The willingness to speak this way towards the created order is to disavow what he called good. It's to fight his very word for them. For God so loved the world, so moved by by this benefacting love that, that it would pour out of him in a way that he would take action towards them. And yet we would speak against. We would allow our opinion to run. Instead of having the government of heaven on our mouths, understanding that I have been entrusted with this nature and the words I say carry power, both the negative and the positive. How many have ever been cut down by words? And you understand that there there are certain wounds of the heart that come through words that are not supposed to be named about us. Paul will say, take coarse jesting, sexual innuendo, get rid of it. It should never be named among you. Neither should a critical spirit ever be named among you. Neither should a divisive tongue ever be named among you. Neither should lying ever be named among you. These are the things that throughout the New Testament, we're just, they're, they're poured into us as the people of God. That we are to have the government of heaven on our mouth gate. That sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is shut up. Perhaps we learn to say this. I have an opinion, but I've not been granted from my father the right to share it because it's negative and I am to build. I get, the, I get the journey. I understand the difficulty. I would say I've been gifted with criticism. I used to say this regularly. 
I'm very good at walking into a room and knowing what's wrong. But that's not a spiritual gift. That's a nature gift. And Paul will say in Galatians that you have a spirit of God in you, you have a fleshly nature in you. And these two things are constantly at war in every moment. And you have to rule over them. I want you to hear my heart. I think what, what we looked at last week in Jude was not just a good teaching, it was one of those lines in the sand for us as a family. And the invitation to heaven is put aside slander. Put aside a critical spirit. Step into the joy of choosing to align with what he says. We talk about intercession all the time, learning to pray what he's, and I've taught this a lot, in a moment to say, Lord, what do you want released? What happens if we step back and say, in every moment, I'm gonna ask, Lord, what do you want said? We don't have time to get there today because I only have like nine minutes left. But Jude will talk about these false teachers and this whole chapter, he's talking about this godless nature and these false teachers. They, they won't let the government of God really take them over. And one of, his, one of his statements in verse 10 is, they do whatever feels right. They follow their own instinct. They have built a life pattern where they will stand upon their nature, the things they want to do. And Jude will share this with us for a reason. His intention is that we would learn from it, see it as a mistake, and not follow it. Could I suggest that our unwillingness to govern the mouth gate is that very thing? It means because I feel it, I feel it strong, therefore I should have the right to say it. Hey, I'm just telling you the truth. Church, it is sin to speak the truth without love. Love says, is this for the benefit of the other? Is the one hearing it benefited by what I say? Is it to build them up? Is it to encourage them? Is it to help them? If it's not, we're actually supposed to shut up. It is okay for us to have several thoughts that are important that don't get spoken. And I know it's hard. There's a lot of times Belinda and I will be fighting and I'll think of a really good one-liner and the Holy Spirit's like, no. And I'm like, but it's so good. It's such a zinger. Pastor Gary used to teach growing up that the, the, the progression of faith is this. As we're, as we're young, we sin and we get convicted. But as we mature in the kingdom, we begin to get convicted before we sin. That the very thought of this thing begins to impact us. And we would stay away from it. We would get on the other side of the street from that said thing because we recognize it's contrary to his nature. And I have been invited to carry his nature. I've also been given the rules of engagement. If you want to carry my nature, you must let go of yours. Over and over and over again, Paul will say, put on the nature of Christ. To put on the nature of Christ means I limit the nature of Greg. 
in any moment, I choose his response instead of mine. Even when I don't want to. Even when it feels unjust. Yeah, but they hurt me. Yeah, well, they killed him. And his response on the cross was, Father, they don't actually know what they just did. Will you please forgive them? He didn't lash out and say something really cool and then be like, okay, forgive me and forgive them. I'm not trying to belabor a point. But those who feared the Lord spoke with each other and the Lord listened. If that doesn't cause the hair on the back of your neck to stand up, I don't know what should. To understand the Lord is with you in all your conversations, paying attention because you carry his name. For me, it causes a deep evaluation of do the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, do they categorically line up as those that would be pleasing to him? And if they're not, repentance is the answer. God have mercy on me. I've been willing to step into places with my mouth that you won't go. And Paul will talk about this in Corinthians. To the, he says, don't you understand your body's the temple and yet you want to partner Jesus with things he would never partner with. He will never partner with slander. Why? Because slander is a fundamental tool of the dark, kingdom of darkness. The reason that Michael, the archangel, won't do it isn't because he's so disciplined. It's because he's not allowed to as an angel because it's not from the kingdom he's been assigned to. For him to step into slander would have been akin to going AWOL from his king. Is it any different for us? And we live in a time, we live in a, a season in the church where the almighty opinion trumps the fear of the Lord. And we allow opinion to justify our statements, our verbiage. In church, it should not be that way. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a very specific and peculiar people who've been set aside to reveal the nature of God to the world around them. That's what it means to show his praise. All right, let's stand up.